get geeked up to stand up comics telling you what's up in movies and tv i know you could feel me music and gaming you know what i'm saying comic books and tech stuff you ain't up on yet and if you want hook we're gonna go and take a closer look and no shows the same we always got a different game always got a different game What's going on? Welcome to episode 14 of the Geeked Up Podcast. I'm Devin Barnes. With me always is the man with the plan, Liam Whale. Yo, yo, yo! I'm getting a little uncreative with these intros. I gotta, uh, <laughs> you can only think of so many witty I know, things, that one was folks. far too accurate, you know? I mean, it really just summoned me up. The as, man uh, with the plan. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the show. Remember to check out episode 13's Game Time with Michael Manzi from the Cage Club Podcast. Yeah, big shout out to our boy Manz and his boy Joe, the uh, Cage Club. Make sure to check out that. They're at uh, cageclub.me and a uh, great game. We try to uh, we, we play a uh, crazy Nick Cage Smash Brothers game. So. A Smash Brothers cage match. So tune into that. Eight Nick Cage characters plus lots of hilarious Nick Cage talk. Yeah, you learn a lot. More about- importantly, Sonny, make one word for you, Sonny. And then I'm talking about that, too. Make sure to check out also episode 13, where we actually got an email for the main show, not just the game time, but the main show of episode 13. And it was uh, half a response to our closer look, a little half comment, a little comment to the news. So a quick one. And uh, remember, the closer look we did was uh, best, uh, I think we took a closer look at musicians playing themselves in movies. Yeah, In honor of David Bowie, of course. But she said uh, one we missed was uh, Neil Diamond in Saving Silverman, which is a uh, pretty okay, funny yeah, one. one of the early Jack Black movies where yeah. uh, where he's uh, yeah plays Jason, second fiddle. He's not the dude from American Pie. Yeah, gets top billing back in those days. <laughs> he gets the hot and Jack Black's like the asshole friend that tries to win him back. I forgot. I remembered every detail about this movie except that that like it revolved around them being <laughs> Neil Big's Diamond lefty, cover band. Yeah, yeah that Big's left the Neil Diamond cover band in order to. Uh, oh, what was their name too? Face. It was like Diamond in the Rough, the Diamonds in the Rough, or some shit, dude. <laughs> Far better career choice than marrying the hot chick was sticking with the boys and <laughs> diamonds in the rough. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, Neil Diamond. I'm sure. I'm sure he knocked it out the park. Granted, I don't remember, but yeah, I mean, he playing himself. It's a <laughs> character he was born to play, like most of them. And then also in the, uh, just the news, a quick comment we got from her was she loved our take on making a murderer. Ryan are making the murderer take about how horrible the world is. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) So if you want to hear our making a murderer take, make sure to listen to episode 13 before the game time. Of course, again, check out the game time with Michael Manzi. Thanks again for uh, that email was from Danielle from Naples, Florida. So thanks for emailing in. Expect a uh, signed photo of the Geeked Up Boys. (laughs) And of course, if anyone else wants to email out there, the email is thegeekeduppodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's the geeked. I got to put that the in there, folks. The Geeked Up Podcast. Here on the Geeked Up podcast, so email us in. Be it a closer look, a game time, a comment on the news. We read them all for you, or at least yeah, the best not, ones. Only the top-notch emails make it. We can't read them all. It would take too much time. Some emails that aren't just trying to win a prize. You know, everybody's always yeah. just trying to email us, just trying to get us. Just give us your emails, just on your thoughts on the show every once in a while. Stop being so greedy, <laughs> yeah. trying to dip in the prize closet. You know, <laughs> just tell us how funny the last closer look was. And how great our Making the Murderer segment was. Be like Danielle, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just tell us how great great we are. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we'll send you a prize. (laughs) 
So, also, if you don't want to email us, like us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash geekedupodcasts. And listen to us in a few platforms, be it soundcloud.com backslash geekedupodcast, Or check us out on iTunes. Hanging on iTown, y'all. That's right. So look us up on there. Those are all our outlets for us, which will bring us to this week's news. And always, it seems like always, we either have some arrest news, the, guy, the geeked up, locked up news. <laughs> we have some RIP news. But uh, so far, all the celebrities have been uh, behaving themselves, not getting arrested, not dying, <laughs> not wrestling themselves to death. So we'll, instead of, we'll do a little personal geeked up news, a little happy news. Is uh, Liam and I finally got to sit down with Sir Stephen Root. Yes. The honorary third member of the show finally found out that that was his role on the show. <laughs> Loved the idea of what we were doing. The, the thoughts of a potential Stephen Root song really made him happy. We didn't tell him it was only ten seconds long, but, you know. And let's be honest, too. By sit down, Liam, Liam, me, we saw him at a bar in New York. <laughs> and approached him like a couple of pirate hats. Showed up like a couple of maniacs. I'm uh, putting the picture right now on the Geeked Up page, on the Facebook page. <laughs> Where uh, Stephen Root smoked a cigar and uh, wore a crown. <laughs> there you go, guys. Let us know what you think. It's on there right now. Yeah, email us about our Stephen Root picture, maybe. You know what I mean? That's but right. yeah, great guy. We let him know the. Uh, it's it's now like in the realm of possibility that Stephen Root may maybe listen one day at least. He has the website. <laughs> he so. has. He officially has the website. He told us he wasn't going to be able to listen because he was going to L.A. We didn't point out that the <laughs> six-hour plane ride would be the perfect time to listen. Yeah. But kind of a flimsy excuse, but a great guy. And thanks again yeah, for real nice guy. wearing the crown and smoking the cigar in the picture. Please, yeah. And also, uh, we're looking out for that cease and desist letter from him, too, in case yeah. he doesn't like the show. But either way, we'll give that away as a prize if we get that, which I guess will bring us to our real news then. Not just being selfish pricks talking about ourselves. We're not total narcissists. <laughs> just much like Star Wars Eve on episode 10, I believe it was, where we were doing the show live, night of uh, Star Wars Eve. Much again, it's happened to us. We've been talking about it from earlier episodes, but tonight is Fuller House Eve. Yes, the debut of Fuller House, the continuation of Full House, one night away. And again, like you said, this has definitely been a topic that has been with us throughout, like, since the beginning of the Geeked Up show. Yeah, the Tanners have been mentioned One before. of the first stories was the fact that in months and months there was going to be... A Full House sitcom sequel. A 90s-style sitcom in the late 2000s. Yeah, because we were all clamoring 2000s. for it. I guess a lot of people were. You know, they've been so big on, like, Nick is Night. There's, like, a lot of kids, like, aren't our age. Like, of course, like, people our age, like, grew up, I guess. I was young enough to admit I watched Full House and didn't appreciate how corny it was. It was I was looking forward every Friday show. night yeah. was sitting down. I was thanking God it was Friday. <laughs> yeah. Along with the dinosaurs and fucking... <laughs> exactly. The boys meeting the world. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, now you talk to kids that are a little younger. And like, how do you know Full House? And then Nick and Knight always replays it. So it's a much love show. Of course they brought it back. Stamos was the man with the plan on this one. Yeah, apparently Stamos was the one getting it all together, which is hilarious because he's yeah. the only one that, like, I would have, when I heard this project was in the works. It had Dave Coulier written all yeah, over Yeah, this was the only one I thought they couldn't maybe get because everybody else on the show was, <laughs> which is, I guess, for, like, where you start with the show, it's the entire cast is coming back. The entire, except the Olsen twins. Except the Olsen twins. The Olsen twins are actually doing something. <laughs> they're like, oh, we're worth a billion dollars. Yeah. We don't need No, they're to not doing anything. They just yeah. are too rich to have. Yeah. Because Why the, the fuck would we do? <laughs> but, but the rest of the cast is coming back, and then they're playing like. Well, um, much the uh, Tanner curse continues 
and DJ's husband dies this time instead of <laughs> Danny's wife. The curse of the Tanners still exists, so DJ's husband dies. This is what I'm gleaming from the trailers, by the way. And then she decides to move back home to the full house home, and Stephanie and Gibbler are going to move in with their kids and help her raise them, and the rest of the Tanners will cameo. So and then it's, it's like Grandpa... Uh, yeah, Saget, Grandpa Saget. And then the uncles, the great uncle Jesse. uncles yeah. will still be around helping out the parenting as well. But Gibbler, Stephanie, and DJ all raising their ha- families. Yeah, in the house. And so it's much like Full House. But this time <laughs> it's the girls raising their kids all together in the house. And I like how there's just like no explanation needed of what happened to Stephanie or Gibbler's husband. <laughs> they were like, DJ's husband's dead. <laughs> Stephanie and Kimmy's husbands obviously left them. I don't think Gibbler would even have had a husband. Like, Gibbler seems like yeah, some the guy, guy Some bar. black guy tagged <laughs> Gibbler. <laughs> Yeah, Gibbler's kids being played by uh, Donald Glover. <laughs> he does everything, man. He raps, he uh, acts. So, yeah, so Stephanie's husband, yeah, definitely left her. It's probably during her cocaine meth days. Yeah. So I guess that's the plot of the show, but then, so Stamos then is the one that kind of got it all together. Yeah. With, yeah, he's, uh, he's the one that got all of the parties agreed to do it, and then the... Obviously, didn't spend too much time coming up with the plot behind the whole thing. But yeah, it was really simple. banking on the fact of the built-in audience, but kind of hilarious about like how obviously the rest of the cast has just been waiting to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, please God, we had it in our contract. Because other one than Stamos, the other actors they've like now like have to leave going to uh, like local comic conventions, signing autographs yeah. of Kimmy Gibbler. I'm like, Sagan still like play Kimmy Gibbler, but came out like that raunchy stand-up. You know, he still like, was on like, honorage and shit. Yeah, Sagan's only funny because of the irony of that he's a dirty yeah. comic under the backdrop like, of Coulier. him being Danny Tanner. Coulier, you hear nothing from for sure. Like if they were making this show, and like when of course Coulier couldn't do it because he's dead. He died in like '98. <laughs> I've been like, I had no idea David Coulier was dead. Yeah, N.R.I.P. News. I was Coulier. <laughs> yeah, I was Coulier just surprised to find out he was still alive. The cooler is still taking. Or all of them are still alive. Like, really, no one from a '90s sitcom. What about Stamos's wife from the show? She's, she's back. She's back. She was a tough one to sign too because she wanted like equal wages. For like everybody, like she found out that like DJ was getting play- paid more, like or something. Like she was okay. like the last one to sign on. She wanted to be getting paid as much as Uncle Jesse, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Come he's on, producing his husband thing. died. Yeah. He's producing the thing." But whatever happened to Stamos's career as the Oikos Greek yogurt spokesman <laughs> to finally like do more a successful TV show? But are the Rippers still going to be together in Fuller House? Is that going to be the Olsen? Story? So, but then the Olsen twins, however, little Michelle, not a. Uh, not going to be back. Not coming back. Not coming back, I guess, because this time you'd be able to, like, tell the difference. You still, <laughs> you still wouldn't be able to tell the difference between those two fucking creeps, but <laughs> yeah, right. I guess nobody, like, the role of, like, little sister on, like, heroin junkie wasn't really, <laughs> didn't fit into the script that Stamos was going for. I don't know what they're going to do. They're just going to, like, write her off. Like, oh, Michelle died also. <laughs> also, Michelle's dead. So, yeah, that's coming now. So we're having the big Fuller House party here in the studio. <laughs> Celebrate! Can't wait. Much like Star and Wars. This is a we're Netflix show. The, yeah, Netflix. So you get to watch the whole thing. All I think it's thirteen episodes. You get to binge watch you because you're not going to be able to wait to see what happens next no. in Fuller House. But yeah, and then this opens the door to all sorts of '90s sitcoms being remaked. We're all. Uh, I'm lo- still waiting for Lord Coach. Knows Mario Lopez and Zach Paul Gosler aren't doing shit. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Franklin and Bash. I think Franklin and Bash got canceled <laughs> after fucking one episode. So which one's Bash? <laughs> Yeah, they're not doing anything except the same thing. They have to write Screech out like Michelle because, uh, you know, Screech is in the slammer for stabbing dudes. Where's Screech? Oh, he went nuts after the college years. 
and started stabbing everyone he saw. <laughs> there was also the talks of the potential coach comeback. Yeah, still waiting for that. <laughs> and the uh, with the Jerry Sandusky scandal is why they've been <laughs> yeah, trying so long. to put back his Sandusky-esque <laughs> child molestation <laughs> charges behind him and rebuild the franchise at <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> State. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's been 30 years, 20 years, right? I forgot about the scandal. <laughs> they blamed it all on Dobbs. What's that? Fox Do- was Dobbs did his time like a man. He deserves <laughs> his second chance. He paid his debt to society. <laughs> you mean the half-retarded <laughs> towel boy was molesting the kids? No shit. <laughs> but you should have known, Coach Fox. So I guess those are the shows we're waiting for. So we'll see how that turns out. Maybe the next episode we'll have a review. If one of us can sit down and actually watch a few episodes of Full House, spoiler, it's probably going to be me. <laughs> but in uh, other TV news, what would this show in be? In real TV yeah. news. In real, real TV news, what would this show be without a Walking Dead review? Yes. It's back. It's back it's for back. the break. We're two episodes in. The second half of season one was the only, <laughs> yeah. fucking only TV show I've ever heard that takes a all-star break, but they're back for they're the back. second half of the same season. Really, it is. And it picked up literally exactly where we left off. Where yeah, we last where they left were... off, some little kid mumbled and potentially put everybody at risk. It did. And he made it a and little... little boy got his comeuppance, didn't he? He did. And I guess as always with the Walking Dead shit, spoiler alert, but you should be all right if you were an avid Walking Dead watcher. If not, sorry. But yeah, so it opened up again, like with probably one of the better episodes of the show I've seen, this, this, ser- this season, this season uh, premiere. It was just every person in the cast was used. It didn't just, like, focus on two people. It was action-packed. It was, like, deep for a few moments. Lots of zombie violence. A lot of zombie violence. The whole family just gets whacked in 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. One, two, three. I watched like a 45 family, second I mean, like YouTube a single clip mom, of an entire eight... generation getting wiped off the <laughs> yeah. fucking map. A single mom, her 8-year-old son, and then her 15, 16-year-old son. All killed dead, dead. Boom, Literally, bang, boom. watch a kid's face get eaten. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Yeah, all not by zombies, either. They were, like, dying. It was like a mousetrap game <laughs> where, like, the zombie <laughs> killed the kid and then the gunshot killed the mom. Really, yeah. The zombie killed the kid, the screaming mom. The other one died yeah. of grief because the other <laughs> two just died. It was a fucking... It was a whirlwind. It was pretty hardcore. Pretty hardcore. And then, so, in the second episode, too, the pretty filler episode. The show's been great. The season's been great off the bat. Keeps it going. But the second one episode, this uh, half back of the season, it was kind of a filler one. But the big thing at the end was uh, Rick and Michonne ended up banging. Oh, so, gee, there we go. There's that. Well, zombie fighting kids in the future, perhaps. So I predict this. I say uh, Michonne's probably destined to die now. You know what I mean? Everyone that's ever banged or loved Rick has been eaten or shot in the face. So (laughs) not looking good for the Ricks ladies and not looking good for old Michonne either. That's what I call a bad boy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, really. A ladies' man. Yeah. A Nick Gage-type ladies' man right there. (laughs) He takes what he wants and he gets rid of him. So, Walking Dead, uh, pretty good so far. Of course, we'll be giving more reviews if more crazy stuff happens. <laughs> it's not. If more people bang or get their faces eaten. But I still think the big thing we're waiting for is, of course, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Negan, the big bad villain. They keep hitting at him. Yeah, there's been lots of there's been lots of teases towards uh, Negan. Yeah, we know towards ne- yeah towards Negan, and then uh, you know we all know Jeffrey Dean Morgan got cast as him. So we're looking forward to seeing how that's going to play out. Odds are he's not going to be into the season finale. Yeah, it might kind of be the cliffhanger, getting everybody pumped for the next season. Yeah, I think that's because he's supposed to be like a main character in the next season. So he's going to get the season finale premiere, and then he'll be the big baddie for the next one. Someone's going to die. We're probably going to lose some big cast members. 
Maybe Glenn will die for the 14th time. <laughs> Maybe for good this and time. Come man. back inexplicably. <laughs> can't not keep that little Asian pizza boy down, man. He keeps popping back up and asking for more. But that's Walking Dead mid-season premiere news. But in series premiere news, uh, HBO's new show Vinyl is aired. Yeah, HBO's newest smash hit. Yeah, the they, all-star creator cast. The Scorsese produced and Mick Jagger produced show Vinyl. They've been trying to get off the air for a while now, I guess. I was reading that in like the 90s, like early 90s is when Mick Jagger proposed this to uh, Scorsese. And since they were both millionaires, they decided <laughs> not to worry about working. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait on that. But I think they were going to make it a movie originally, and the same thing. It's kind of like about the, uh, like it's set in like 1973, I'm pretty sure, like during the early 70s. And it's about, like, a record company and, like, the president of the record company and, like, trying to sign bands and just yes. doing it in a blurry of mountains of cocaine. And that's, uh, yeah. It's interesting, though, because it's not like they're using, like, real-life bands. It's not like a hokey show where they're, like, they're yeah, doing a band like a, that's, like, an obvious nod. It's like a fictional character living in, like, the real world of late 1960s music where it's kind of like... Like HBO's newest entourage, but of old rock, as yeah. opposed to entourage of like new Douchy celebrities' actors. fame. Yeah. It's like entourage of old celebrity fame. So it's one of these where there's like in the first episode there was like a Robert Plant. You yeah, know, yeah, it's a guy um, playing Robert Plant. Like that, yeah, but it's a fictional sh- fictional storyline, but a Absolutely. real Robert Plant. Yeah, it's probably like one of those things too. Mick Jagger has probably seen the in and outs also of the. Uh, Record, you know, obviously, like, the record world and the skis balls that run the record company. Yeah, so yeah. I'm sure he's able to put, like, realistic enough insight on it or, like, what yeah. it was like signing in 1970s. And, and no shortage of, like, fascinating stories, you know, to yeah, make for sure. with familiar artists in the day. But I think definitely a great excuse to watch, like, uh, Chicks and Bell Bottoms doing coke and having sex. Yeah, for sure. Why not? To, uh, but after uh, they've, they've done uh, Athletes Entourage and now 60s Rock Entourage. Why not? Why not? <laughs> and it's, uh, what, Bobby Carnival is the uh, main character in it. You probably know him from the season of Boardwalk. He's HBO's main man. Yeah. Uh, ever since that season on Boardwalk Empire, he fucking slayed it. You know, that was the role he was meant to play. A lot of people thought it was Will's boyfriend on Will and Grace, where that was <laughs> just a decent role he had. Yeah. But the... Uh, I think the Boardwalk Empire is really just like what blew him up. He did it so well, so he's good on this. But uh, Olivia Wilde plays his wife. She's super, super sexy, so she's always fun to watch, just prance around the screen. Yeah. But uh, also, TV's return of Ray Romano plays one of the record executives he on it. He plays the sleaziest cokehead of all. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's blowing coke and thinking about killing himself because his miserable <laughs> wife's yelling at him about not making enough money as a record executive. But he's going to have to trade some coke for record singles at this point. Yeah. So looks like it's going to be a pretty good show. I think it's already been signed up for a season two, if I'm not mistaken, after only a couple episodes. Yeah, which is kind of what one of uh, my initial things when this show came out, I kind of thought it was more of like a mini. When I heard it was the Scorsese, Mick Jagger productions, I kind of thought it was going to be a more, because Scorsese is such experienced doing music-based documentaries and stuff, mm-hmm. where I kind of thought it was going to be a more docu-series, more fi- uh, fact-based than fiction-based, and I thought it was going to be more of a mini-series than like an open-ended series. Yeah, no, it's going to be But the tenor of the show is definitely more just like a fun-natured kind of yeah. wild ride it definitely and, uh, is. The first episode, the scenes with Andrew Dice Clay are uh, to die for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you yeah, said yeah. the TV's return of Ray Romano, I thought you were talking about the, the return of the Dice Man. Yeah, the Dice Man's making moves here and there. <laughs> so, really great show. Um, I think it'll be around for a while. It's my prediction. My vinyl prediction. 
But we'll see how it goes, too, because, man, even the commercials, I thought it's it was going to be, be around a... all the way until it's called CD. I thought it was going to be a flop. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. By the way, I'm not... This is not an edge. It's going to make it through being called cassette. Digital download. all the way in a digital down. <laughs> But it's uh, I thought it looked pretty hokey from the trailers. It's just like Bobby Carnival screaming about like how intense rock and roll is, and I was like, God, <laughs> this looks so stupid. But it's actually been pretty good. I watched the first two episodes of it, and I'm which uh, Scorsese directed, I believe. Scorsese directed the first one, the first one, and it was like a, a little mini movie in its own. I think the first episode was like two hours long. So yeah, yeah, that's where I uh, thought the doc. I thought it was gonna be more of one of those like bunch of long six really long things making a big story no <laughs> it's not not at all it's just a regular series but and the thing you're kind of right about with the mini series one season series is another series premiere right now is american crime story oj simpson yes from the uh creators of american horror story which is famous for always doing a whole different story every season still keeping some of the same cast yeah so that's what this is going to be about. This season, of course, is about O.J. Simpson. Yeah, where I guess they're going to be taking different famous crimes and making whole series about it. They're starting with O.J. I'm thinking next year might be the uh, 2006 Shea Stadium parking lot <laughs> marijuana arrest of <laughs> Liam Whalen from the Geek the Podcast. I think it might make the cut for see biggest case, for cases of... Uh, see all the ins and outs of the case. <laughs> yeah. But see it from my side. I wanted to get high before the game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Judge. But, uh, yeah, they're going to start off a little bit more high profile with, with O.J. With, with O.J. Juice. And it's uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. Cuba playing, playing the Juice. O.J. A little, uh, it's kind of like Rod Tidwell. Yeah. You know, he's good at playing these football players. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, John Travolta's in it. He plays uh, one of the lawyers. Um uh, what's her Ray name? Romano's in it doing lots of coke. <laughs> yeah, Andrew <laughs> Play shows up. Ross from Friends, David Schwimmer. Schwimmer though. is one of the lawyers. He's, he's playing Rob Kardashian. Rob Kardashian. Rob exactly. Kardashian. I like to call him Ross Kardashian. This is, of course, yes, before the sex change and the uh, <laughs> <laughs> before the Kardashian dad did the sex change. This is his lawyer days. <laughs> now, this haven't screwed up a little bit here. A little bit. This one's already. This one's dead. <laughs> he died during his ex change. Oh, oh Bruce pulled through. <laughs> but no, he plays the Kardashian dad, which is uh, it's a hilarious thing so far. Every episode I've seen, there's I think there's been four episodes. I've seen the first three, but in every episode, the writers always make sure to take a little dig at the Kardashian girls. Yeah, the Kardashians we all know and love and hate today. <laughs> which is. There's three annoying which is a hilarious, Which is a hilarious angle on so many different... Because you're giving me examples, too, where yeah. they're just making... They're subliminally making the young... It just shows what little shitty assholes... Like, Chloe, Kim, stop being such spoiled brats in the background. Of the funeral. <laughs> yeah, like the funeral scene. It really just takes a part so that one of them can yell at the little Kardashians. <laughs> like, hey, you keep it down there, back there at this funeral. Yeah. And every episode just makes a point of them being this little shitty assholes. From which his, is... Which is hilarious because they make OJ look great. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> OJ comes comes off looking clean and proper in this <laughs> one, but the Kardashians are really fifty-five minutes dedicated to OJ being a murderer. But what I take away is what a little annoying asshole is the fucking the five minutes of little kid Kardashian scenes I get. It even goes as far as a brunch scene of the Ross Kardashian explaining to the little assholes about like being famous without purpose is you know not being famous at all as they roll their eyes at him. But uh, the famous, or so far, the best part of the Car little Kardashian kids is literally the Kardashian chant they do in the second <laughs> episode of the show. The first time like they see their dad on TV, and one of the reporters asks to spell Kardashian. It shows the four little assholes in their room watching the news, 
spelling their names in unison and then just start chanting Kardashians. <laughs> Kardashian. They pull the O'Doyle rules from they Billy really Madison. Really and they're sitting in the back of the mini wagon going, Kardashians. <laughs> but yet the Kardashians have not slipped on that fatal yeah, banana peel like, yet. <laughs> not yet. But just a hilarious angle from also just the standpoint of like the creators of the show, despite it being like the most famous fucking historic craziest like court case and like yeah, really. crossover hole that started news networks and like spire of the 24 hour coverage and all that. Like most groundbreaking revolutionary thing, the creators of the show still think like one of the more interesting things to hang on to is the Kardashian <laughs> yeah. angle. They're like, this was the birth of the, yeah. we got to really get the young kids in. Yeah. Two to tune pe- in to see the young Kardashians. Like, yeah, no. And really, it definitely is. Like, there's a scene, like, if it was anybody... Really how they are famous for. Absolutely. Despite, like, the Bruce Jenner now crossover thing with the... It was their... marrying, of course, their mom. Yeah. But, like, they were... The Kardashian name and their money and their fortune is all through the lawyer... The children of the lawyer of the OJ case. Absolutely. And it's really what it is, is the reason they're famous is their dad was best buds with OJ Simpson as he killed his wife. <laughs> and Kim made a sex tape. Years yeah. later, then Kim got fucked by a... Kind of a B-list R&B actor, Brandy's brother, and they're like, "All right, we gotta make a show. That. We gotta make a show about these weirdos." Some bucked with light skin. <laughs> We're talking OJ here. We're allowed to get a little racist as well. <laughs> Take it easy, Furman. <laughs> I'm the Mark Furman of the Geek Up Show today. <laughs> But anyway, and then I guess kind of the uh, – so I guess the other, like, interesting thing about the show, though, kind of much like my misconceptions of what vinyl was going to be, I kind of thought that this was going to be more – because remember there was the book, the OJ, If I Did It book? I didn't do it, but if I did it, this the, is I how I would have do done it, it but I, mine, I didn't do it. Yeah, like, I thought that since the whole interesting fact of the whole OJ thing is the fact that the whole world knows that he obviously did it. And, you know, well, kind of. It's kind of shown like that, but it's also just shown, like, how good the prosecution did. Like, it hasn't got to the trial yet, but it's also kind of showing just, like, how good – they can set it up to make it look like he didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's all how you really look at it. Because, yeah, they don't ever, like, does the show doesn't open up with him just, like, ripping off some white chick's head <laughs> and then, like, murdering the fucking, yeah. her waiter boyfriend. Like, I thought there would be, like, a bloody OJ calling Al Cowlins, like, at some point. Call me Juice! <laughs> snap, snap, kill. No, it definitely doesn't show a star like that. It shows, like, with the call of, like, the, of a murder. Yeah. And then they just literally... Follow a blood trail to OJ's house. <laughs> Literally, a blood trail. They're like, oh, look, this blood trail leads right. That's OJ Simpson's house. <laughs> Not even kidding. A blood trail. The blood trail to his house would indicate, but. But yeah, the really, and like I couldn't emphasize enough, the ones but that look the most incriminating is these the shitty little fucking <laughs> Kardashian kids. So yeah, it's pretty good. We'll see how it plays out. My prediction is that they're going to find him not guilty. He's a total twist. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know, man. Because it's looking like he's going to be guilty. So I think a crazy plot point would be to let this obvious murderer go. We'll see how it plays I out. Th- I don't think the glove is going to fit. Yeah. I, that, ooh, I think good. they will acquit. <laughs> so we'll see how this OJ story plays out. Maybe they'll do an inglorious bastards thing at the end where they just find him guilty <laughs> you know like, who's gonna change history guilty because you obviously did it yeah so keep watching that but i guess in the old hilarious kardashian news in the music news kanye west has kind of turned into a nutball again 
Yeah, so one of the uh, spoiled brats from the OJ show ends up marrying a rapper <laughs> who uh, is really out just being Kanye, you know. It's the yeah, he really latest is. controversy. It's more, he's still even beefing with, like, the same fucking R&B white chick that was. <laughs> yeah, what happened to the good old hip-hop beef days? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, pick another rapper. Like, you're still on Taylor Swift's case? Yeah, he really is. He had the meltdown at SNL, which is, like, some... Always the good citizen took the time to pull out their phone and audio record it to make sure we all got to hear his yeah, private yeah. moment meltdown <laughs> that wasn't anyone supposed to hear. And, uh, yeah, celebrity. Well, you'll hear it in the celebrity, in the part two celebrity <laughs> meltdown. Closer look that we'll do. Go Kanye yeah. had an SNL meltdown. And, again, like a very familiar Kanye meltdown of, like, him, his, like, set design, like, his uh, yeah. stage performance getting messed with at all, and he freaks out. Like, Absolutely. Also, there was the Bonnaroo thing, and there's been a million different, like, Kanye mm-hmm. refusing to go on because something on the set gets disrupted. Yeah. Because he's such, like, a performance artist while he fucking, you know, doesn't play instruments. Yeah, but by the way, his musical performance in SNL was fucking just nutty nutness, dude. Like, I guess it was. <laughs> yeah, he's music. like the new Bowie. He didn't even which like, really like rap, him, but he's like, he just kind of just like stood in front of a big LED screen, like narrated the story of the light. It was really <laughs> fucking weird, man. Yeah, so think, that's what he was threatening to walk away from. Think Lebowski's landlord. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was think about Lebowski's like porn scene bowling alley fucking trip out. That's what it was more or less like. <laughs> But yeah, he threatened to walk out though. We almost didn't get to see this magical performance because the, yeah, like the enough, stage manager. Unfortunately for everybody, they put it all together. And yeah, they they moved a prop on the stage. He threatened to walk out, but then Kanye fashion is one of the totally other kind of rant, dude. Just talking about everything that was bothering him. I was like, you know what else? Fuck this Taylor Swift <laughs> yeah. chick. I made her career. Which I think he's referring to the uh, Grammys, where he ran up on stage and said, "Sorry to interrupt. I think Beyonce should have won yeah, the award." Yeah, yeah. So he said he made her famous for that because he interrupted her Grammy acceptance yeah, speech. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which then, even at that point was very much of like a publicity stunt that I kind of even felt they were both in it because it made Taylor Swift, like she handled it so gracefully and everybody <laughs> came across looking exactly how they would like want to be the, perceived. 100%. And even that is now getting just like redone because Kanye was even taken on Beck. For like his like 2015 right. album of the year, That's right. he's, like, he's like in Beck. What's his problem? He knows Beyonce should have won. Yeah, and I'm just like, wait, what? Doesn't everybody know Beyonce should have like, won? First of all, were Beck and Beyonce up for the same like <laughs> yeah. award? In what world is this? And Beck won. <laughs> yeah, like best booty shaker goes to Beck. You know Beyonce deserved that goddamn award. I'm with you on that one, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it's not without merit, but again, but. Yeah, so he's just out there kind of like huffing and puffing in the media. And on yeah, like radio he's also claiming he's broke. He's saying he's $56 million in debt now, which is... He has like a GoFundMe account. <laughs> he's claiming he lost his money on like some of the restaurants he owns, this fashion thing that came out, because I guess... His collection of exotic tigers. His <laughs> shitty wife was also like the Forbes top 100, like richest, yeah. so they file separately, so... The one that does nothing is making more money than Kanye <laughs> doing nothing. Or so he claims. It's but Kardashian also like, probably went into that with more money than Kanye anyway. Yeah, know? for sure. So. And it's also a publicity stunt. He's not broke. He also yeah. has a new album out. So everyone's talking about it. You, know, That's you one see of it online. like owes 50 in assets but like has 150 in yeah. future gains. Or it's just total thing. bullshit. <laughs> where he's just lying. You know what I mean? I wanted to yeah. use my economy terms. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take those three hours of college classes for nothing. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't learn what future gains were to not fucking use it on a podcast someday, goddammit.
But in the behind the music that we all fucking knew was coming for the last <laughs> 20 years, if they still make behind the music the hilarious Kanye spending all of his money on expensive fucking jewelry. Yeah, directed by Kanye. We'll get a different version, I think, of the behind the music. Nah, produced, directed, bankrolled it, bankrupted it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Kanye's got the album out now, and he's really just kind of getting his name in there being... And this is one of those kind of where, like, he's that, you know... Eminem used to do the same thing every year. Every time his album would come out, he'd yeah. call somebody a bag and he'd, like, <laughs> exactly. get the news. And it would be like, really? You're, like, you're still beefing with Elton John every time an album <laughs> yeah. comes out, Em? Like, yeah. yeah Eminem had a fucking beef with the puppet dog. Remember the Triumph, <laughs> Triumph. Eminem beef? And that's that more was like... kind of the downfall of Eminem, because, like, all of his core fans were like, all right, I think we all, like... I think we can all agree Triumph is a little funnier than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> a little below your beef here, level. Yeah, so in that light, we're going to try something out here. The Geeked Up Podcast. We're the greatest podcast in the world. <laughs> yeah. Now we've spent all of our money on... This Reeked Up Podcast is getting <laughs> all the awards. You don't deserve that award, Reeked Up Podcast. Listen to the kids. We're the greatest podcast. You know podca- should have gotten that best podcast award? We're the greatest podcast out there. Who's going to beat us? We're the, bra- we're the greatest. I don't know if that was my Kanye or Donald Trump, but we'll see if that works for us now. If we're trending on the hate line on Twitter. Because we're the greatest of all time. <laughs> what is it? Geek what? the podcast. Yeah, so it works for Kanye. We'll see if it works for us. So to get into some movie news then, a little uh, movie behind the scenes thing. A new production company is being started right now in Hollywood. Ran by Jessica Chastain. Queen Latifah and other actresses for the uh, female in, a female empowerment production company where they're going to be making female empowered based movies <laughs> and they're going to be competing directly with the Lifetime Network <laughs> yeah. that came up with this gimmick thirty years ago, but this one's going to be a more Queen Latifah kind of take. You know, Jessica Chastain, you know, who always like is the lead tough lady. Queen Latifah is <laughs> the cool butchy hip hop lady. Yeah. And just, I can't wait to see how terrible these movies are going to be. And how actually fucking well they're all going to do. Yeah, exactly. All you got to get is queen, is the queen starring in them to sell some ticks. That That's way. a 50% demographic right there. You know what I mean? I don't know how many guys to girl ratio there is on the planet Earth. But they've just marketed 50% yeah. of said market. What traitorous girl is not going to go see Yeah, what the, woman's uh, not going to go watch the Queen Latifah <laughs> and some other chick I never heard of his name? Out yeah. of the two people that are starting the production, I've only heard of one of them, and the other actresses <laughs> are even lower than the one chick I hadn't heard of. And plus, is it really that bad to be an actress out there? You, there really needs to be the own production company of the actresses united. They're sick of this bullshit of making just a few million versus the multi-million. Yeah. Now they have to do it on themselves. Is it that bad being an actress? <laughs> like, come on. Why do I always have to play the president's wife? This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, yeah. how come there are no females in Saving Private Ryan? Well, how come Matt Damon always has to go to the moon? Well, I gave you Sandra Bullock, goddammit. Fucking, yeah. and look how she four. did. She fucking broke her spaceship and was floating around space for two hours. Yeah, fucking lost in space with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> but yeah, no, exactly. And like the... Uh, Definitely, it's gonna be like the story of the first ever girls fucking soccer team <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Like, let me guess, it's gonna be a fucking League of Their Own remake, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Queen Latifah would play a great Rosie O'Donnell. Um, <laughs> just in thinking, fat butchy chicks. That's <laughs> really what I'm going for. <laughs> We're talking fat, to you, fat bull tykes. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> There's an open casting call. <laughs> 
We'll get Christina Aguilera to play Madonna. <laughs> Dude, we're on to something. Latifah will play Rosie. <laughs> and Stephen Rue will be playing the Tom Hanks Bruce role. Jenner will play uh, <laughs> Gina, Gina Davis. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner will play the long, the slug and the catcher. <laughs> I think we're on to something here. <laughs> a, league of, a league of their own. Their fucking own production company. Yeah, we're just going to call it a league. We don't have to... S- <laughs> it's just going to be called a league. Yeah. All right? When is our league? Why does the women's league have to be looked at <laughs> as less than the men's league? The WNBA <laughs> girls are very talented, too. God damn it. <laughs> at least the five teams that are left. <laughs> so, yeah. that's uh, We're looking forward to a lot of movies coming out there. Some big Oscar winners, I'm predicting, in the next couple of years. But speaking of the Oscars, we got the Oscars coming up this weekend. And if you remember on episode 13 where we reviewed the Golden Globes, we also talked a little bit about the uh, Oscar scandal. And, uh, you know, not a lot of uh, no black actors are getting nominated for best actor, best movie, best yeah, supporting the, uh, actor. Boycott at the Oscars to, due to a lack of African-American nominees for all of the awards and stuff. We kind of talked about that whole uh, scenario on the last episode. Probably on the next episode, we'll give the full Oscars review. Review of uh, Chris Rock hosting the big thing. <laughs> I think we're going to do the It's going to be great. That's going to definitely be, I think, the whole boycott has, uh, on the backdrop of Chris Rock being the host is definitely going to... Because he already comes out there and plays the I'm the only black guy card. Yeah, for sure. And now there's going to be a whole lot more <laughs> yeah. material for him to go with. Looking forward to those, it's and obviously too, a, it's not like they uh, signed him on to be the host too. Like after the scandal, like they weren't trying to like save face, but all right, we gotta get some fucking yeah. black comedian to host this thing. And like Chris Rock was signed on way before yeah, to yeah. host it, and then all this shit broke out, and it's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> man, you're, God, we got Chris Rock. <laughs> you're contracted to do this. Hey, what was Ricky up? Gervais? We <laughs> in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and I say good. We need more English actors. <laughs> but um, I think. Uh, some nominees out there, some movies. I think we obviously know who's going to win the Best Actor Award. Yes. Some predictions out there. Yeah, so we're just going quick to quickly give our picks, our Oscars, our geeked-up Oscars picks. And I feel that kind of my overall take, aside from uh, being very excited for the Chris Rock monologue, really, I'll definitely tune in the first 15 minutes of the show to watch the Chris, Log- uh, Chris Rock monologue. But other than that, I think it's kind of an anticlimactic Oscars season, you know. They're saying it's Pretty much all wrapped up, for, as it usually is, but I think this year, like, it's definitely all wrapped up for Leo, winning Best Actors. They're never saying the that. Award. It's not going to be Brian Cranston and Trumbo, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, Matt Damon probably not. Fast Bender and Steve Jobs probably not. The only person that's gonna give DiCaprio a run for his money is uh, Eddie Raymond in The Danish Girl, where he dresses up like a lady the whole time <laughs> and, and uh, he plays a Danish girl. Yeah, but like he's always like the whole movie's about like the first like transgender. He's like he feels like a woman, not at the first necessarily, but like during <laughs> like the world's first during ever like training. old school England times where it was like illegal just to be gay, let alone be dressing up like a lady. <laughs> As like that's how you identify so yourself. So through the plight of being a transgender trick in like 1700s Denmark, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I couldn't want to see this movie any less. <laughs> but movies like that are the ones that tend to win the awards. So I bet you Leo gives a very classic. And you know we'll give it all up to the transgendered people of Denmark who went through many <laughs> problems in the early 1700s. Not so. just me in the 1700s. I was stuck in the woods getting raped by a bear. <laughs> So, yeah, we think Leo's going to take that one. Um, also probably feel the Revenant 
For a second year in a row, Birdman, obviously, big winner last year. I feel the same, uh, same director yeah. is going to potentially be coming with the big score of Leo's starring role of The Revenant, probably. I feel like maybe that, as well as I feel like Spotlight, probably uh, Spotlight's too controversial, probably, to give an Oscar to a whole movie about, like, molestation in church. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know. Get I don't know if they'll, you know, I don't know. That's a very grisly, like, awards. There's so, a few, know. yeah. The spotlight, yeah, is the one where they're, like, eyeballing the, uh, all the molesting priests in yeah. Boston. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I don't think that one's going to win. The Big Short is another one of the whole, you know, uh, the big short securities, might... crisis, that whole story. Well, that's a little boring, but, you know, perfect Oscars. Directed territory. by Adam McKay, too, who's the, like I said, like a comedy writer. He does all, like, the Will Ferrell. Any Will Ferrell movie you've ever seen, McKay's had a hand in it at mm-hmm. some point. So it's interesting that he's directed like this. From the, first, like, from the creator drama. of Elf. <laughs> yeah, really, man. <laughs> if you like Ricky Bobby, you'll love the big short. <laughs> so that was nominated. Bridge of Spies, I think, is obviously a no-win. Tom Hanks isn't going to win a movie. A Tom Hanks movie isn't going to win <laughs> the best picture. Even despite his sick Russian accent that he does the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where he talks like uh, I am Tom Hanks. The one I would love to see win is uh, Mad Max is nominated <laughs> for uh, Best Picture. Is Mad Max actually in yeah, the running? Yeah, uh, 100%. 100%. Is, well, that's actually is like nominated a, for Best the Picture. first ever time one of these comic booky, you know, yeah, uh, like popcorn movies for sure. gets put in there. I would love to see that one just steal. <laughs> steal the show. Guess what? Mad Max wins. And the star wasn't here, so taking the uh, giving the speech, Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> the original Mad Max has got some thoughts on this whole uh, on this whole Oscars controversy. <laughs> yeah. Here's Mel's two cents on it. <laughs> oh, man. And then, uh, of course, we haven't made a prediction for uh, actress in a leading role. And I'm going to be honest with you, I have no idea. I haven't seen one of these fucking movies. I think the guy from The Danish Girl is going to get the <laughs> yeah. best actress. What's that all about? Probably Jennifer Lawrence, because really, I don't know. She's the only name I know on this. Kate Blanchett, I don't know. A bunch of shitty movies I've never seen. Brooklyn, 45 Years. I was going to say, the chick from Brooklyn Joy. would be my, my blind analyzing of the best female uh, actress. You know, the best actress Academy Award would go to whoever starred in Brooklyn, because that was a chick Brooklyn flick in that the I house. Heard. Yeah. The, uh, the, Biggie, the Biggie Smalls story. <laughs> yeah, you got tricked into saying, wait a second, this isn't about the Brooklyn I thought it was. My, so my, my two big guarantees, the Lockins, if you're gambling this Oscar Sunday, you're going to be wanting to be putting all your money on Leo for Best Actor, and then Stallone for Best Supporting Actor, because <laughs> yeah. I really want him to rub it in the fact <laughs> that no other people got nominated <laughs> from Creed. Except the only Stallone. white guy in the whole movie wins the award, so... Yeah, I'll go... Uh, Eat that Will Smith's wife. <laughs> I'm going to go off keto. I'm going to say Danish Girl. The Eddie Raymond's going to win the Best Actor Award. No way. Yeah, DiCaprio's, DiCaprio's going to uh, strike and he's going to score Sazianus again. I say yeah, man. I say yeah. Mark my words. Danish Girl for the win. And then uh, I'm going to go wild card and I uh, just hope I'm going to take the one, to, one in a hundred odds and you know place my bet and go uh, Mad Max, baby. Let's see Mad Max take home the award. <laughs> Definitely be rooting for it. Yeah, definitely rooting for George Miller. Come on. It's the same director as the original ones. Unless you pump out three more Brooklyns, I don't want to yeah, hear this. Yeah, because this is actually, this is, this is also got to be the first time that, like, the fifth installment, because Mad Max was, was it a reboot or a... No, it was a sequel. It was a sequel, so Sequels it was also Mad Max three 4. Three or more. <laughs> <laughs> would have made the blind animal. It would have made the closer look. Yeah, wow. Star, w- Star Wars, nothing. No Star Mad Wars. Mad Max... 
everything. Nothing also, but at least a nomination. A nomination. Yeah, no Star Wars out there, except for probably like best visual laser effects <laughs> in a stop motion cinema. Yeah. The award we best gave a lightsaber fight in the movie. Yeah, really. <laughs> you just, there's so much more than that. And you two straight out of Compton boys. That Paul Giamatti was fantastic. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I guess in really big movie news, we'll give you, a, like, like I said, we'll give you more of a rundown in the next episode of our official Oscar review. Yeah, but you heard it here first. The Danish girl in Mad Max. That's right. <laughs> Going home for the win, baby. And they're not going to give out a female actress award. <laughs> yeah, because no, it turns out no one saw these movies. <laughs> Oh yeah, watch the Queen Latifah sugar in. Nobody, <laughs> nobody gives a shit. So, <laughs> but the real big movie news is uh, Deadpool is killing it in the theaters. It's making big, big. Yeah. I think it's made four hundred million worldwide so far. And in talks of like just talking about Star Wars briefly and like how you know we'd spend so much time on the show talking about Star Wars and will it set records mm-hmm. for the release and all this kind of stuff, Deadpool is coming out and coming out hot. So it's been out now for about like a think about like a week and a half. It's made about four hundred fifty million worldwide so far, still counting. Yeah, and going too, only building up steam because this is a movie for like a smash hit comic book movie. It's from a comic book. Uh, like, it's the focus of a comic book star personality that it's not, like, a big name, a mainstream character. For sure. So a lot of people, like myself even, are kind of learning about Deadpool, and the movie's building a lot of momentum because people are like, what's this smash shit? Oh, it's a whole existing... Yeah. And then you find out about who the character actually is. And it's, it's getting like a, great reviews. Like, it's supposed to be on point. It's like Marvel... Or, I'm sorry, like, Fox's first, like, R-rated X-Men movie. Yes. And, and we've talked about this one on the show, too, is this was... Uh, Stephanie will kind of give you the rundown a little bit more guess but this was like a very uh a highly anticipated movie from the comic book fans perspective yeah and they really stayed true like this is an r-rated character in the comic books the early production of this movie was going more of a pg-13 angle and the fans demanded yeah and even they go like full deadpool and then the studios really like backed down and gave the fans the movie that they really wanted and demanded and said look like if you're gonna try to be tapping into a core of people wanting to see the deadpool movie you're gonna have to give us the deadpool movie we want yeah because they blew it in uh, the first time you saw Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool was in uh, the Wolverine X Men Origins movie, and they just kind of really blew it. Like it just made it really hokey, like a studio kind of version. Like he had his mouth sewn shut at the end. He was just they gave him the name, but it wasn't the character. You know what I mean? Mm. But ever since the X Men Days of the Future Past movie happened and kind of like rewrote history. They were able to retcon it, and now they've made like a really an official like they didn't break from the character at all from what like from what I saw like he's cursing, he's self aware, you know what I mean? He's making Ryan Reynolds jokes. He's aware yeah. that he's in a movie. He's, yeah, it's uh, like an unorthodox comic book character because it's a comic book character that in the comic books itself totally breaks down the fourth yeah, wall. He's ag- like acknowledges the fact that he doesn't exist, that he is a comic. Yeah, he's very self-aware of him that he's in a comic book in the comic books. In fact, there was even like a uh, little mini-series called Deadpool, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. And it's just him killing all the Marvel characters because he knows they're in a comic book. And tries to just like <laughs> release them matter, from it. Like, so it doesn't matter. Win. Yeah, exactly. We're killing you. The comic book ends with him like popping into the real world. And, like, walking into, like, the writer's room that are writing the comic book at the time. He's like, I'm going to kill these people. And then looks at the reader and is like, and I'll see you next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now kids are everywhere. I'm on your dead. side, Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Don't kill me. But he does a lot of, like, and they do a lot of that shit in the movie. Like, he makes, like, jokes about, like, 
Ryan Reynolds, the actor playing him. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like the character Deadpool is like, what are they going to do? Ryan Reynolds have, like, is some... not the kind of act. He's not. Wouldn't be like your stereotypical action star. Not but so Deadpool much. But Deadpool is not necessarily your stereotypical, you know, action figure. So it's not a big Ryan Reynolds fan because he always is like that catchy kind of cheesy comedy guy. Like that's yeah, exactly what Deadpool is. It's like of... the role he was meant to play was this, and it's, this is the. Uh, no movie he's ever been in has made more money so far. You know this what I mean? This is the biggest Ryan Reynolds smash. They've hit so already far. greenlit a sequel. You know, it's uh, people seem to love yeah. it. Yeah. Now the obvious very question true for to me character. is, it's gonna yeah, and people are saying like the people in the know, like Devin over here, are saying that it's really staying really true to character. And I guess kind of for me, the logical uh, question next would be, is this going to kind of. Uh, inspire studios to kind of make more like adult oriented comic book movies you know I, let's face it most of the bread for these movies really comes for some of them anyway the iron yeah. man's maybe more for the kids but i think you whoa, could whoa, make whoa. like an adult oriented comic book franchise absolutely and have it be really successful and probably even better you know what i mean there's a guy there's a mutant with fucking things coming out of his hands chasing you i would be dropping the f-bomb while running <laughs> yeah, away yeah like, exactly right there's a noticeable la- like there's a lack of bad language as Hulk is smashing through Brazil. And it's funny to say that, too, because James Gunn, the director of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, saw Deadpool and kind of said that same thing. He's like, now watch. He's like, watch all of the uh, R-rated superhero movies coming out next. Like, there's going yeah, yeah. to be a slew of them. Batman vs. Superman just announced that there's going to be a... Uh, R-rated Blu-ray when it comes out on Blu-ray. <laughs> like, well, fuck, we've already made the PG-13 one, but we can just uh, make an R-rated Blu-ray version. We'll just fucking have Ben Affleck come and do some reshoots and say fuck. Yeah. And he called that out, and he even made the point, he's like, look, because the Guardians of the Galaxy was, like, set to Fuck like, you, Joker. <laughs> yeah. I'm Batman. <laughs> but Guardians of the Galaxy was set to, like, a 70s, like, music, like, soundtrack, which was really weird for a... Uh, like a space opera to have like famous 70s songs be yes. the soundtrack for it. And the whole thing was you were listening. He was listening to his mixtape. His mom made him when he was a kid. Yeah, they're going through space listening to Kashmir. Like. And watching The Martian, actually. Oscar nominated The Martian. They totally cop off that idea, too. And James Gunn even kind of like alludes to that in the interview. And was like, you know, I've seen other movies now kind of copying off the whole like soundtrack thing. And the Martian, he's stuck on Mars, and the only thing he has to listen to is, like, one of his captain's, like, disco CDs. Yeah. So the whole movie's soundtrack is disco music in The Martian, which is a total ripoff of Guardians of the Galaxy. So you're right. You're going to see other movies now because Guardians of the Galaxy made millions and millions, like, unexpectedly. Deadpool's cleaning up because now it's the R-rated fresh one. Of course you're going to see studios cop off this yeah. idea. It's, um... And I also think that it just goes to show light, kind of unlike Ant-Man, but it kind of also... Ant-Man did good. Oh, did it? Yeah, Ant-Man ended up doing good, too. Okay, yeah, because... Okay, that's good, because I was going to say... We predicted Fall in its face. ...really uh, gives kind of validity to, like, the niche comic book character audience. Like, one of these non-mainstream comic book figures can have a huge, like, release because there is that much of a... Although not being mainstream, there's that much of, like, the niche audience for these characters. Yeah, exactly. So who knows, like, what kind of other, you know, characters that... uh, And some of the X-Men cameo in it, you know what I mean? They show up, they hang out with them. But yeah, you're right. It's not like a mainstream, like, like for, like, us comic readers, he became, like, this big character. But for your main movie goers, yeah, they're gonna be like, who the fuck is this? Deadpool, I'm sure there's all sorts of other comic book characters I've never heard of. Yeah. Maybe Nightwing's gonna get a movie. What do I know? You know? Yeah, he's got a red suit with like black eyes drawn in. I'm sure some poor old schlub. I thought it was Daredevil. Like, oh, this is a Spider-Man movie called Deadpool. <laughs> I'm like, well, I was uh, pretty violent, and uh, he never used his webs the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Daredevil. Why is he cursing so much? <laughs> So it's supposed to be really violent, really raunchy, and just really fun because, again, like he just breaks the fourth wall of the whole movie. He's very aware of the yeah. audience. 
Which, watching that, it got us thinking we could probably take a closer look at something like that. Closer look, closer look, closer look. Break out the telescope, then the microscope. All of the other scopes, it's exactly what you hold. We're gonna look real close. Take a closer look, closer look, closer look. Oh, yeah, baby. Closer look time. Of course, always beats by Dre. Uh, SoundCloud.com backslash Andre Davi. Still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. <laughs> That's right. Episode, episode 10. Who's the suck MC? Me oh. or Devin or Andre? Let or us you. Know. Give us a good justified email. And let us know. Enter what... the prize closet like Danielle. Thanks again for the emails. That's right. And let us know, really, at this point. What the hell does suck MC mean? <laughs> <laughs> at least let us get to the bottom of that. <laughs> yeah. So this closer look, speaking of Deadpool and about how he, a uh, big thing of the movie is him breaking the fourth wall, being very self-aware that he's in a movie. And the first comic book character that readily acknowledges he's a comic book character. We're going to take a closer look at uh, movies that break the fourth wall. Movies and TV, I guess, that would yeah. break that break the fourth wall. Break the fourth wall. Now, if you're sitting there and you're not as much of a film buff and educated uh, cinema expert as me and Devin, you might be sitting there going, hey, what exactly is the fourth wall? What are you talking about? Kind of acknowledging that you're in a movie or like making notice to the audience yeah. that there's an audience watching you. Yes. So, and I guess kind of there would be some like, you know, it's not just the narrations going on. It's not like uh, in the Wonder Years, Paul talking to the audience about what's going on in the show because he's really kind of more narrating what's going on in the exactly, show. Exactly, yeah. He's not, like, talking directly to us. He's kind of narrating what's going on. He's not like, so, folks. He's going, and then my brother was a dick to me, but it wasn't yeah, like... Kevin Arnold never looked at the screen. It was like, I think I'm going to try and kiss Winnie now. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not so much breaking the fourth wall. Exactly. That's commenting on the... Th <laughs> yeah, that's just narrating a movie. That's so, like, it's kind of like that, but it's kind of like in, um... I guess we should go start with an obvious one. Kind of a lot, like, in Ferris Bueller. Okay, exactly. This would probably be the go-to, you know... Yeah, uh, the fourth-of-the-wall guy. He talks directly to you in the movie. The very beginning of the movie, he's actually... The steps are coming up on the screen of how to skip school. Yes, there's, he's, like, a visual. There's a whole tutorial going on. He's going through the ins and outs of how to play sick. You're licking your palms to make him feel soggy. Exactly. You're he putting the thing in the bed, getting the whole rundown. He talks directly to the audience the whole time. He's aware there's an audience. So much so that the post credit scene, he comes out he in his bathrobe and shoes you away. Yeah, because you're still watching? Yeah, it's it over. <laughs> it's over. Get out of here. So that's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, that's wall. definitely di speaking directly, kind of making the fun of the movie is like the audience is going through the day with Ferris Bueller. So Ferris Bueller, he's one of the gang right there talking about you're right, you're to you him. about how hilarious his day was. You're skipping school with Ferris. <laughs> you're going through all – you're tricking Rooney with him. You're doing all the stuff. And I think probably for me, the uh, that's kind of like probably the most, I guess, just like obvious or just like in yeah. your face. Probably kind of the one where it's most used and from uh, Mel Brooks that kind of does it in a lot of his movies. Mel Brooks is so steeped in that kind of comedy being satirical that like it's really he always makes it clear that it is a satirical movie. But Spaceballs, for like sure. part of the movie, they're literally watching themselves on the movie where they've like got their like they're in the time space reality where like what's going on in the movie is Rick Moranis watching through the, like the screen going like, what what's this yeah very and true and then they too. have to like rewind the, the movie, movie they're watching in order to they, start what's going they on they take like, out a copy of Spaceballs <laughs> yes, and that's exactly. one of like less 
that's the watching not, space balls in space balls. But that's another good, great example of breaking the fourth wall too, where they're not necessarily talking directly to the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they also are aware that they're in a movie. They're it's, watching space balls for Christ's sake. Yeah, it's not it, as in your face as Ferris, who's talking directly to you, but they're joking around about how there's going to be all sorts of speezy, cheesy space balls memorabilia, and they're like it's playing a pivotal point in the plot. And this is a big thing in a lot of the uh, Mel Brooks movies. Monty Python, there's the whole scene where everybody, you know, they keep on responding to what's going on. And then uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Robin Hood Men in Tights, they uh, do it. It worked, for, it worked in Blazing Saddles, didn't it? <laughs> even yeah, really all of the Mel Brooks. And I guess maybe... Could and even in Blazing Saddles, there's a point where one of the uh, extras in the background was like, Cool, your jets, I'm in a Mel Brooks movie. You know what I mean? So they do yeah. that a lot. Yeah, exactly. And I think maybe for Mel Brooks, it's like... A lot of the comedy, especially at the time it came out, was so over the top. He kind of wanted to like check everybody into making sure they knew it was just a goofy comedy. By like, there's no reality or brevity to Blazing Saddles. Yeah, it's all laugh at the <laughs> N word being used eight thousand times. <laughs> so, yeah. Really, now a uh, show that we've talked about a lot. Uh, we've done a trivia challenge on it, which came into a tie. But uh, Saved by the Bell, he goes the more obvious way. And literally calls a timeout, old Zach Morris, yes. before he breaks the fourth wall. He makes all of the actors try to stand still yeah. as they're kind of moving because they're not that good at it. And then he just talks to us directly and lets us know what his scheme is. <laughs> all right. Gives us the breakdown inside. And that was always my favorite part of the like show. I don't like these fucking bozos. That's where you could really take your cues of life from Zach, yeah. you know, learn the ones and twos. Be it be how to scam your buddies on a buddy band ring <laughs> or how to uh, open mouth kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Zach will teach you. Learn it all. Zach teaches it all. But he takes the time to pause it and talk directly to you in the show. That's some classic fourth wall breaker right now. Another one with uh, where they talk directly to you is uh, the John Cusack movie High Fidelity. He does it a lot, and he also okay, yeah. uh, so High Fidelity. Pretty much the whole movie is also like not you know it's not it's kind of like Ferris Bueller where it's going on throughout the entire movie, but it's mm -hmm. even kind of more subliminally as part of the movie where he's kind of like himself narrating it to you. He does what he was thinking at the time. It's he kind does. of like it's where going, Ferris like, Bueller love meets. Life. It's where Ferris Bueller meets Wonder Years, kind of. Kind of, yeah. But he also does, uh, he takes a cue from the Geeked Up Boys, and he kind of does closer looks the whole movie, too. <laughs> like, the whole movie, he's like, all right, folks, like, now this is my top five worst breakups. Yeah, yeah that's true. There's lots of lists. It's like, all right, do a little game time here. <laughs> a little closer look there. I like that. And you're breaking the fourth wall. You make your own closer look list. So we're really breaking the fourth wall by breaking the fourth wall that he's doing a Geeked Up breaking the fourth yeah. wall. Kind of another one where they making where they kind of make lists or kind of pointed out like that organically the movie, but in Fight Club they'll kind of like give a rundown. They did the visual when they were describing how you know that it's all messed up. They're kind of giving the yeah. visual distraction. You see the blips when in the he's in his of apartment too. Yeah, they do the cigarette burn thing when he's in an apartment talking about like all the stuff he like buys from catalogs and they do like the prices yeah, talking yeah, yeah. directly to you. About like, look at my uh, look at my apartment. He's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. There's no one narrating. He's talking directly to you, the audience. Yeah, right. he's like, that's how you're supposed to know what's going on in the movie. Is the character yeah, is directly yeah. telling you? You're right. And Brad Pitt does point right to the cigarette <laughs> burn in the corner, and he's like, that's what we call a cigarette burn in the industry. So yeah, that's a good one. Another one for me, probably my favorite though, just being uh, one of my favorite all-time movies, and kind of just like a really kind of just they broke down the fourth wall like. 
throughout the movie, but in the ending, like the whole the uh, choose your own finish of Wayne's World, yeah. where they're just like, that wasn't the best way to do it, do 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 do, and they're yeah. just telling you that they didn't like the movie that they just. Well, there's did. a bunch of that in Wayne's World. Let's he- go to the Scooby Doo finish, do 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 do. Old man from the carnival. Well, they do that a lot. They do all sorts of breaking the fourth wall because he also narrates right to the audience. Like the movie starts with him in his kitchen and be like, "Hi, I'm Wayne Campbell. That's true. I too. live yeah, in yeah. Aurora, Illinois." Okay, yeah, that's so actually true. He also really talks directly and then they kind of do the know they're in the movie thing where they're selling like the Doritos and that's the what I was thinking more where they're making very much of like a space balls level joke where it's not they're not being up in your face about it but the <laughs> whole joke is the fact <laughs> that you as the audience member know they're just shelling re- you mean when Garth's Gar- in the Reebok <laughs> jumpsuit in like the 1985 <laughs> Harlem jumpsuit that Garth's wearing <laughs> that was pretty good pretty good um, I would think of another one kind of like, kind of not talking directly to the audience, but Jay and Silent Bob make a lot of alludes to breaking the fourth wall. Like Ben Affleck is in a scene where he says they're going to cast Ben Affleck in the movie. Yeah, yeah. They also question they're who would watch a Jay and Silent Bob movie. And they all look directly at the audience and the camera. And that was kind of more interwoven in the plot of the movie too, where it was kind of like them trying to make the sequel for their own movie. Yeah. And they were like trying to lash back at the And uh, every character from all the other Kevin Smith movies are like in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like you said, he even makes in a reference to you got Affleck trash and Affleck yeah, on the show. exactly. Another one that's going to get you, it's kind of going to be a weird one, but one that definitely jumps out in my head, is uh, Gremlins 2 when the Hulkster breaks <laughs> out of the screen. Remember that whole random thing where like the Gremlins are breaking out of the well, movie? Remember the whole random thing that was Gremlins 2 to begin <laughs> with? <laughs> remember the random thing that was Gremlins 1? Well, there was a sequel <laughs> yeah. called Gremlins 2. And at one point, the gremlins were getting so out of control that they were going to, like, break through. And the holster popped in, like, listen, folks, we got to watch the gremlin. I forget what the hell happened, but I remember no, that was like... It's something the gremlins are running amok, and they break yeah. through the movie screen while Hulkster is watching while gremlins, Hulkster's too. there watching it, yeah. yeah. So before he went on his anti-race fucking rant, he goes on his anti-gremlin rant. Yeah. About I don't want my daughter dating one of those gremlins. <laughs> 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 Another interesting wrestling one. Now let me get your verdict. Let me get your uh, well, let me get your Wonder Years verdict here on a one in the world of professional wrestling. But remember when Vince McMahon, <laughs> like the president of WWF, had to just totally break down the fourth wall that it was all fake to the audience when like they did a wrestling gimmick where Vince died and like his limo <laughs> got blown up. Like when they were really trying <laughs> yeah, to, no, I remember really trying to get edgy. But Vince's limo blew up and he died, and then like all of the fucking idiots stock. <laughs> We're like the president's dead. The company's gonna go down the tubes. <laughs> Sell my stock. Sell my stock. And Vince had to be like, "Look, folks, it was a gimmick. All right, we're not. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to sell your stocks. And also, how the fuck did you inbreds figure out how to buy stocks, let alone yeah. the buy and trading? And if you own, like, I got a feeling the WWF stock isn't like in your diverse portfolio. <laughs> I got a feeling you like invested all of your money in the WWF being the only business enterprise that you feel comfortable. With. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe WCW is still Matt around. Computers time never heard of it. <laughs> WWF. <laughs> What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going to count that as a fourth wall because that's actually just like a real life press conference he had to do. And I guess like you could say wrestling to an effect, but like it's a it's, you know it's, it's a, they're performing in front of an audience. It's not like it's a movie. Yeah, no, they're it's not definitely aware. a live. Uh, they don't. It's called kayfabe, and they don't do it too often, but. 
Cell so break character. I'll give you, like, half a point on uh, McMahon breaking a fourth wall. And I think that's, uh... That might be everything I got in the list. Yeah, since I was really stretched for my last two. <laughs> <laughs> As it goes. As it goes. But if there's any that we forgot, like you might say, what about Annie Hall, where he uh, oh, calls the guy line, out actually. in line? Yes, where he gets into the argument with the guy in line that's like pretending that he's pontificating about some subject, and then Woody Allen starts arguing with him and then ultimately brings like Vonnegut out or whoever <laughs> yeah, they're arguing exactly. about. Just like he just pulls him out from behind the fucking. Yeah, thing. and as he's like, like talking to the camera, yeah, that's a good to one. camera, the guy interrupts him too and wants to know why he doesn't get to talk to the camera. It's uh, it's a good one. It's so, a movie. I don't. So don't say that one because I I slipped that one in. Yeah. If there's any other ones we forgot, some of your favorite breaking the fourth wall moments. Of course, email us in to the Geeked Up Podcast at gmail dot com. That's the Geeked Up. You gotta put that the in there, folks. And I think uh, that'll be the show there, guys. So remember to check out episode fourteen, Game Time, coming out soon. And as always, I'm Devin Barnes. That's Liam Whalen. Yep. And remember, if you're not working tomorrow, go ahead and get geeked up. Whoa, baby. Hey, whoa, baby. It's time to get geeked up. It's time to get geeked up to stand up. Comics telling you what's up in movies and TV. I know you could, could film me. Music, gaming, gaming you, you know, know what I'm saying. saying. Books and tech. Woo! Up on yet. And if you are hooked, we're yep. gonna go and take a closer look. And no show the same. We always got a different game. Always got a different, different game. game. Smash Brothers Cage Fire, y'all. Episode 13, Game Time. So take those episode 10 emails, y'all. Geek Time. Geek Time.